Hi, I'm Pastor Stefan Margeson. This is the sermon podcast for Aldersgate Worship Service of Front Street United Methodist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. Come and join us each Sunday morning in person at 8.45 a.m. in the Aldersgate Gym. God be with you. I'd like to read to you also from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii, and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. And as we go forth from here, smelling of your fragrance, yet tempted to be blind by that, by many things, remind us always of how every little bit of us makes a difference on how and who sees you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. As we come to worship this morning and think about these two scriptures of temptations and of fragrance, well, I connect to the second one a little bit more, mostly because as I spent some time this week preparing for this sermon, I spent time reading the second scripture fervently, looking over the ideas of fragrance and spending some time thinking about the fragrances within my own home. There's a lot, to be honest. Having two dogs and two kids under the age of four. There are many smells. I'll list off a few. Candles, of course, are the one that's common around our house. But then as it goes on, there's the occasional wet dog. There is, of course, the dirty diapers, the changing station, the stinky toddler shoes, There is the smell every now and then of the the roast that's been cooking all day in the crock pots. Just yesterday, we got the joy of having the fresh smell of fresh English muffins. What a beauty that was. But then it was followed up quickly by, well, I'll be honest, some throw up. Not from the English muffins, mind you. I did a good job with those. No, but toddlers and babies and dogs, they bring all sorts of smells into the house. And so as I think about this second scripture, I I think very closely about how I connect as guests come into my home and I light the 10th or 11th or 12th candle to cover up whatever smells might be there. It sounds a little bit like that fragrance filling the house, those expensive oils, and you know candles can be that. 
But it's, it's interesting about smells, isn't it? There's a lot of fun facts and how smells connect so closely with our memories. But another one is that we can be blind to smells. It's an evolutionary step in our human nature that as we get used to same smells over and over again, if they pose no threat to us, then our brains pretty much ignore them. And so over time, as these smells that really don't cause major harm in our lives, although they cause some disturbances, we get used to them, and we can be blind to them. And so as guests come in, we wonder what smells they'll be smelling that we have just been going our life living around and being fine with. But smells are so important to how we experience the world and how we present to others. It can mean the difference between tasting something sweet or bitter. There's a diagnosis of anosmia, that a person who loses the sense of smell in some categories or many, a lot of them can't taste the difference between an apple and an onion. Can you imagine? having those two in your hand and taking a bite of either and not being able to tell the difference? Oh, I don't think so. It is a strange thing how our smell connects to our engagement with the world so powerfully. And so as I think about this second scripture, I know so strongly that I am connected to it. Smells. But as the scripture goes on, I begin to get a little bit more confused about what's really going on here. It's talking about smells, but then as we get to the end, we get this strange picture of Jesus praising Mary for not giving to the poor. This dynamic is odd as you first read it, as you first experience it. We wonder what Jesus is getting at here. What's the parable, the message that Jesus is sharing with his disciples and then, of course, to us in this moment? It seems as though Jesus is saying, don't worry about the poor right now, worry about me. And maybe that's part of it. Part of it, at least, for this story is that Jesus is telling or trying to for the third or fourth or fifth or seventeenth time to tell his disciples that he is about to go through something horrific, and soon he won't be there. And in this moment, while his disciples are still trying to gather what that means for them and their lives, we have a picture of Mary who does. A picture of Mary who has gathered enough money to purchase this expensive nard to anoint Jesus' feet in symbolic gesture to what Jesus is about to go through in this horrific death. Mary gets it. Mary sees it. And so in part, we see Jesus exclaiming that truth to the disciples and those that are gathered around. In part, I wonder if there's some honesty that happens with Jesus in this moment as well. Jesus looking his disciples in the eyes and saying, I'm not going to be here forever. I want to spend time with you. Please, just be with me. There's a friendship, a relationship, an honesty that Jesus has built between him and the disciples. And so this small gesture of asking the disciples to simply be present, well, I imagine that's at least in part the truth in this story. But I wonder if there's a little bit more. 
Because as we experience this scripture, we see a Jesus who lived amongst this people, this place, this time, and yet as we experience this scripture today, there is not the physical presence of Jesus as in the gospel messages here, not in that same way. And so the question still begs, what does this scripture tell us? What does it share for our engagement with God, and what does it share for our engagement with the poor? Well, the mystery of this scripture is probably going to go on for a long time. I'll be honest in my findings that I don't know the answer. And yet I love the lectionary writer's uh, suggestions from this morning's reading. That as we go about our lives and we are called to serve those that are experiencing homelessness and poverty, as we are called to go out and serve the least of these, we remember well the scripture that tells us, as you serve the least of these, there I will be also being served by you. You know that scripture and you embody that as much as you can in the work that we do in the world as the church or as individuals acting on the church's behalf. Yes. And yet we also know that there are times that when we meet those experiencing poverty or homelessness or simply fallen a luck of a fallen out of everything that they have, as we experience them, we may sometimes see the face of God. We may sometimes see the presence of Jesus in them, but not always. Always we have the poor, but not always as we serve do we see the face of Jesus in them. I know that may sound strange at first when you hear that. I know that seems countercultural to what we talk about here in the church. It seems odd. But if we're being honest, it's more true. As we go out and we serve and we offer what we can to those that are asking for help, we sometimes come across people that are filled with gratitude and excitement and, and love and awe for what we have given. And maybe it's in a simple gesture of a dollar in a cup. Maybe it's the offer of lunch to somebody who is hungry. Maybe it's being able to stop by at somebody's house for just 15 minutes or to drop off a card or to drop off a meal for the loved one that they have lost. Maybe in those small gestures as we meet them, we see that gratitude and that grace and that wonder and that excitement in their face and we see that's Jesus there that we're serving. But then the next person that we go and serve the next person that we meet, the next person that we offer a dollar or ten, the next person that we offer a meal to, we're met not with gratitude, but we're met with anger, frustration, maybe contempt. We see those stories and we've experienced them from time to time of offering something to somebody in need and yet being met with that, that's not enough. How is that going to help me? What am I supposed to do with this? And as we experience that, it's easy for us to become jaded, isn't it? What good am I offering to the world if I'm not putting a smile on somebody's face? What good am I offering to this person if I'm not able to lift them up in this present moment? And it can be difficult. So in this moment, as I see this scripture, I see also the temptation that comes along with it the temptation of falling aside, maybe being blind a little bit to the smell that we present right there. You see, what does this scripture hold for us? 
Well, it begs us and it asks us in this moment that we think about how we smell. We have two pictures of fragrance in the scripture today in the, in the Gospel of John. Not only Mary and her beautiful fragrance that she offers, not just to that house, but to the pervading community around. It's, it's not the fragrance of that perfume, it's the fragrance of love. It's the fragrance of care, it's the fragrance of attention that she is giving to Jesus in that moment to wash his feet with her hair. And then the other fragrance that we may not smell, it doesn't present in the same way, and yet our author points it out so quickly, the fragrance of Judas, who, not thinking about the poor, but thinking about himself, thinking about ways in which he can take advantage of this system. We see Judas, and we see this acting, and we wonder what has gone on in his life for him to smell this way for his fragrance of contempt and anger towards those that have yet rejected the offerings that he has brought. And so as we think about how we smell in the world, this question for us should be to make sure that we are not blind to the smells we have gotten used to in our life. That as we are out serving in the world, that as we are out offering to those that are asking for help, no matter what we see, receive from them, how we present ourselves in the fullest of that manner. Every single aspect of who we are matters and how we present Jesus. And if we go on so long thinking about those ways in which our offerings have been rejected by the world and the places we have served and yet not seen the face of Jesus, as we think about those people that we have given to and they have thrown it back in our faces, we can become easily blind to that smell we give off of not wanting to help again, not wanting to help in our earnestness, not wanting to help in the deep love that we know we have we can get used to that around us, and yet people know it when they walk into our house. People can smell it when they walk into our lives. As we think about how we serve in the world, as we think about how we present, know that what we offer to the world, know that whatever feelings that we have, we share with others. If there be a little bit of pause for you as you receive that rejection from somebody else, I'll ask you to think about their life and know that, that their life is hard, that their life is difficult, that whatever they are going through is honest and real and true, and whatever anger or contempt that they may have is right and maybe even righteous. And it may not be because of you, and it probably isn't. But we all have those moments where we come across pain and we wonder what we have added to it. And so for us to pause in that moment and to think and to maybe even take a deep breath and as we're breathing in, smell what we're offering in that space and make sure that whatever they are offering back to us, whatever they are rejecting or accepting of what we give, Whatever we are doing, let it be out of that fragrance of love that fills and overwhelms a house, that causes others to perk up and say, what is this? This strange appearance, this strange presence that you bring, I don't quite understand it, but I want to know more. Because it smells expensive. 
It smells like something I'm not sure that I can hold. It smells like something that would take me a lifetime to build up. It smells like something that would take me everything I have to get, but I want it. I want it. And in those simple moments of knowing what you smell like and offering that love to others, if there be a simple moment for you to share and pour that out and say, it's already been paid for you. It's already been bought. All you have to do is accept it. So, hopefully by your smell, you will remember this and not become blind. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. As we welcome our moment of prayer, uh, I want to thank and welcome uh, our wonderful District Superintendent, Mike, and your lovely wife uh, to come and be in worship with us today. What a blessing it is. Now, as we go to this prayer, I'll ask, what prayers would we lift up to our congregation for our community? What is on our hearts of concern or thanksgiving? I'm going to say prayers of thanksgiving for the Glassfords. Fred and Vicki have a new grandson, and Betty Honeycutt has a new granddaughter named Charlotte Scott. Wonderful. For the joys of new life, we give God thanks. Thank you. Beverly. Yes, it's not a joke. It's a real thing. Fred and Vicky and Betty. That's right. We are so thankful for the joys of new life for Fred and Vicky. We certainly lift up Leslie and her family and their loss. God be with them. Ross. Our own Dr. Bill Simpson is having knee, re- knee replacement surgery tomorrow. We want to lift him up in prayers. What else? I'll ask that you lift up my, uh, my daughter as well as my wife. Uh, my daughter is homesick. She was throwing up last night, and so my wife is home with her. So prayers for health. Yes. Celebration for June West uh, surgery. Her, it went well, and she is home and hopefully resting. If you know June, you know she is a busybody. So if you have a chance to stop by, just walk in. Don't ring the doorbell because she'll come to it. What other prayers can we lift up? Well, let us go before God. Holy and gracious God. We thank you for today and the presence that you have offered us in this space, in song, and the presence that you have offered us in prayer, and the presence that you have offered us in scripture. And you, although we see temptations from the world, are tempting us into your life. You are asking for us to come into the fold of who you are fully to wash ourselves clean. And God, we pray that as we wash ourselves clean, that that fragrance of your love sticks to us. 
God, let us hold on to that. Let us fill ourselves with that fragrance each and every day as we go out into the world. God, as we lift up our brothers and sisters that are hurting this morning, we ask that you be with them. We ask that you be with them, not just in your holy presence, but through us. Grant us opportunities and courage to be with those that are hurting, those that are lost, those that are asking for help. Let us sit with them in their pain and suffering. Let us know what they are going through so that we can hold that cross together. Holy God, as we lift up these prayers of of concern and hope for you and your life in others, we lift up, of course, the praise and thanksgiving of new life in babies. We lift up the celebration of families reuniting. We lift up the love that you have given us to share with others. Holy God, as we pray to you today, we lift all of these knowing that you will hear and you will answer. And so God, we pray, amen.